The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate their father and mother, spouse and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, whoever of you does not give up all their possessions cannot be my disciple." The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. So just a couple things before reflecting on the, the scriptures. First, uh, I know there are many who are uh, going to be returning to school in one capacity or another. If anyone needs any binders, maybe for school or even something else, at the welcome desk there's a stack of binders. Feel free to take any of them if you wish. Next, uh, the pilgrimage on Saturday. It's not too late to sign up for that if you would like to join us on a, on a pilgrimage to Midland. Uh, we did look into a, getting a bus, but it would turn out to be about $50 a seat, uh, which can make an expensive day when you also add $10 a head uh, for uh, entrance into, into the shrine area. So uh, recognizing that there are members of our community who would like to go but maybe aren't driving, uh, any who are maybe open to having a taking on a passenger or carpooling, uh, we're going to meet here in the parking lot at 9 o'clock on Saturday. And then we can, you know, those who are willing can accept some passengers. I'm sure they'll help out with gas. And we'll go together to uh, the shrine. We'll start there with lunch. By 11.30, we'll be hungry. We'll start with lunch there, a picnic style. Bring some lunch. Bring $10 for the entrance. Cash is, is, is best there from what I understand. And after that, we'll pray with Stations of the Cross together. The afternoon is free to, to see all that the shrine has to offer. And then we'll finish the day with the rosary mass at 4.30 before heading home. So that's the plan for the day. You're free to take yourself up there at any time you wish. Or uh, if you're open to uh, maybe giving someone a ride, we'll be um, uh, leaving the parking lot here at 9 o'clock that morning. It takes just about two hours to drive. So anyway, anyway in the scriptures... It's really unusual to hear Jesus speak about hate 
especially to promote hatred toward anyone. Elsewhere, our Lord has commanded us to love our neighbor and even our enemies, and life is supposed to be something sacred. So the Savior's command to hate family or life itself just seems out of place. We might even imagine how those who listen to these words of Jesus could have been shocked, and maybe some of us are shocked at these words as well. For a, couple, for a few weeks now, we've been reflecting on our Lord's command to strive to enter through the narrow door. Disciples are expected to do more than try. We're, we're called to strive, to pass through the door into the kingdom, because being left out in the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth is a real possibility. Christians aren't afraid to consider the reality of hell because Jesus spoke often about it. We believe in the existence of terrible things. Death, war, injustice, and pain. We wish these things didn't exist, but they do. We also wish hell wasn't real, but Jesus has told us it is, so we acknowledge that. But though the descriptions of hell sound horrifying, our faith doesn't revolve around that, because the thing about terrible things is that God didn't create any of them. We did. And that means terrible things can never be as powerful or as lasting as what God can make. Most important, though, we remember that the door Jesus mentions is currently wide open. It may be narrow, but there's nothing preventing anyone and everyone from passing through it and into the kingdom. While mentioning the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, Jesus reveals what he's going to do about it. He's going to throw a banquet, and it's that heavenly banquet that we focus on. We've seen how a banquet is a great image for heaven, though it does fall short in some ways. Our banquets here must eventually end, and someone has to do the work of cleaning up after. God's banquet, however, has no limits. It's where we're truly lifted up, We keep our focus on this great banquet because it helps shape our thoughts and actions. When we recognize that heaven is our true home, we're going to surround ourselves with as many reminders of heaven as possible. We're going to do our part to fulfill the petition of the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven isn't just for some future moment, It makes a difference today. One linguistic tool sometimes used in scripture to emphasize a point is hyperbole or extreme exaggeration. We still use this tool today. After a trip to the Costco, someone might exclaim, I've bought enough food to feed an army. Or a child coming home with a poor report card might say, my parents are going to kill me. None of these statements are true. It's exaggeration that adds emotion to fact. We witnessed Jesus use this tool, too. First, take the log out of your own eye. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. We know a log could never fit into an eye and that Jesus doesn't endorse mutilation. It's an exaggeration to capture attention. 
Likewise, we know Jesus wants us to love our families, and that life is sacred. These are good things, great gifts from God. But we also know that in the heart, nothing, not even parents or children or spouse or even life itself, should be given a higher place than God. To highlight this truth, Jesus uses the word hate toward all things that could potentially come between God and his disciples. Strive to enter through the narrow door. The door to the kingdom may be wide open, but we still need to pass through it. It's not possible to pass through accidentally. It's going to take effort. It's going to take putting God first in all things. And this is the underlying message in Jesus' command to hate things we know to be good. Passage through the narrow door doesn't depend on sincerity or on simply doing the right things, but on what we long for most. For if we arrive at the great banquet of heaven and don't already long for what's served at that banquet, if we're longing for something more earthly or willing to settle for something less than what heaven offers, then the spread we find laid before us in heaven will be unappealing disappointing, and will never fill us. Those who find themselves left outside the narrow door may be there not because God's kicked them out or because they didn't do enough kind things, but because they simply don't hunger for what's served at the banquet of heaven inside and would rather remain outside. But for the person who truly longs for God's banquets, Rest can only be found when seated at the table in the kingdom. The striving never ends till the person finds themselves at that great feast. Building a longing for what's served at the banquet of heaven means being familiar with what will be served. And while we can't create heaven here, we do strive to make this a place where people can get a taste, a sample of what heaven offers. Here, we worship, listen for God's word, come into his presence, enjoy fellowship, and willingly make sacrifices. Of course, we can always do better at making this a place that reminds all of, of, uh, of God's banquet, and later this month, you'll, you can expect an invitation from me to help do that. Strive to enter through the narrow door. Let us pray that we would always long for God's gifts and eagerly let go of anything that might hold us back from passing through into his kingdom. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for revealing how the door into your kingdom is wide open and how you have prepared a great banquet inside. Through your Holy Spirit, may we always long for the gifts you offer, especially the gift of your very self, the way, the truth, and the life. With your guidance, may our lives reflect our longing for your banquet so we would be your instruments in leading others through the door. We offer these prayers in your name. Amen.